Identity is one of those things that everyone seems to struggle with at some point in their life. So we're going to discuss who you are and whether it changes or not after you lose your sight. And that's coming up today on episode number 10 of Life After Sight Loss Radio. Welcome to Life After Sight Loss Radio, the podcast helping you discover life after sight loss. My name is Derek Daniel. I am your host and resident VIP, aka visually impaired person. If you're new to the program, hey, welcome aboard. This is the place where we talk about product reviews. We do life advice, encouragement, how-tos, and so much more, all with the express purpose of helping individuals and families going through or facing physical sight loss. Hey there, folks. Welcome to the show. We're in double digits now. It's episode number 10. So glad you've come along for the journey. If this is the first episode you're listening to, I'm glad that you're here. And if you've been along for the ride for the entire time, man, I'm glad that you're here as well. I'm excited about today's episode, as I usually am, because I love bringing this stuff to you. Today, we're going to talk about identity. It's one of those things that when you lose your sight, it can be challenging to feel like, do you have the same identity? Are you the same person? Do you serve the same purpose? all those sort of questions. So we're going to ask those and give some specific ways to seek out your purpose, your identity, all that sort of thing. So make sure to stick around for the entire episode because I'm excited about today's content. Before we jump into things, as always, I want to let you know that you can find today's show notes, which includes links, conversation, all kinds of great information. You can find those at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 010. That's right, we're into double digits now. Just go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash 010 and you can find the show notes. And if you haven't visited the show notes before, if you've listened to it on your phone and you enjoy the podcast that way, hey, that's great. But the show notes give you a little more detailed information. Maybe you want to go back and, and scan some information after you listen to the episode. Maybe there's a link I mentioned that you want to get. It's all going to be over there in the show notes. Just visit lifeaftersightloss.com slash zero one zero. So without further ado, let's jump into a little news and updates. A bus company in England has their drivers go blindfolded so that they can better help their visually impaired passengers. Now, this is a great thing because bus drivers oftentimes will be, you know, helpful, but they won't know how to specifically help visually impaired people. So in Norwich, England, they had this program where they blindfolded some of the bus drivers. They had them get on and off the bus, try to find a seat, all that sort of thing. And it helped them to realize, wow, this might be a little more difficult than I thought. One such bus driver said that he was scared of his footing, like he was scared to even walk on the bus being blindfolded. So it just goes to show that there are difficulties that you may not think about, especially when using public transportation. And visually impaired people use public transportation pretty consistently. So kudos to this bus company for taking the time for training their bus drivers, not only to be helpful to, you know, regular old passengers who are sighted, but to every passenger, whether it's visually impaired, whether it's, you know, they're in a wheelchair, whatever the case is, kudos to this bus company because they're helping out all their passengers. 
There's a new photo app that's available for iOS and iPhone, iPad, and so forth that helps to uh, describe your photos. Now, I've downloaded this app. It's called Photo Odo, and there is a link over in the show notes if you want to get it for yourself, if you have an iPhone or iPad. And basically what it does is you take a picture of something, then it processes it, and it tells you what's in the picture, which it's uh, it's pretty accurate. It, it doesn't get everything. If I took a picture of myself, it might say a man smiling, or I think it called me a person uh, when I took it the other day. I don't know who the person was, but anyway, so it takes the picture. It tells you what's going on. You can add a little caption or something with audio, so if you hit that button, a 10-second little, hey, this is uh, sunset on the beach, or this is my friend Jim, or whatever, and you can add that, and then what it does is it processes that image, and it adds a little bit of like sound dexterity to it. So basically, any color that appears in there that it processes, it puts a different sound on it. And when you first download the app, it shows you what sounds go with what color. So blue, red, orange, yellow, all these different shades of those colors and things like that. So it's an interesting app. I've got a video over in the show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 010 where it shows people using this app. Now, again, this is a marketing video, so it's not going to be you know perfect, but it gives you an idea of how it works. So you can share that out and basically... It's a video file that you end up sharing out. The picture itself doesn't move, but there's some like shiny things on the picture and maybe you talking over the top of it and that sort of thing. So you can share it. And the nice thing is too, you can process videos or excuse me, pictures that are already in your camera roll on your phone. So if you want to give it a shot, if you want to check it out, it's called Photo Odo, F-O-T-O, O-T-O. And anyway, I've got a link over in the show notes. You can check it out. It's an interesting app, and it really shows that, you know, they're making strides toward helping us with still images, because I think as a visually impaired person, that's always a challenge. Go check it out. Photo Odo. And finally, many visually impaired people tend to have trouble sleeping. In fact, there's a whole disorder called non-24, which is how you get your whole cycle thrown off because of, you know, darkness and light sensitivity and so forth. People with visual impairment, especially the lower the visual acuity, have trouble sleeping. And so I read an article recently, which I've linked in the show notes, which gives some things you probably should not do if you have trouble sleeping. One of those things, which I heard many years ago, because I had trouble sleeping at first too, was that you should not just lay in bed for hours at a time. If you're laying there and it's been about 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and you're just wide awake, you're supposed to get up and do something else. Now, you're not supposed to get up and go watch the TV or get on your smartphone. That's another thing. Don't get on the screen. Maybe listen to a book or some light music, something that's not going to stimulate you you know, and, and keep you awake. Another thing is to not go and eat a midnight snack. That is apparently not helpful either because, again, it gets your digestive system going and all that sort of thing. So there's just a few tips to remember that you're what you're not supposed to do. You can read the full article in the show notes if you want to get all of the tips and tricks that they have. But I think it's important to share because if you have trouble sleeping, oftentimes you have a routine that you kind of get into and you try different things. Uh, one of the things they say is not to take melatonin in high dosage and all, all just kind of things. So check out that because many times if you just lost your sight, you'll have trouble sleeping. And it's a great way to say, you know what, what shouldn't I do? And maybe what should I do instead to try to get that, uh, you know, that whole cycle going again. And if you're having trouble sleeping, 
go ahead and talk to your doctor, your family physician, and let them know because maybe they can prescribe something. Maybe they have recommendations that are healthy to help you just help you sleep, not put you to sleep, but help you get to better sleep. And and it does get better after you know a, a while. Trust me, after doing this for quite a few years, it does get better. But go ahead and check that article out for all those tips and tricks on what not to do to help you go to sleep. Hey, what'd you think about today's stories? Did you like them? Did you find them interesting? Do you have some stories that you'd like to share? Well, I'd love to hear from you. You can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or send me an email, Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at lifeaftersightloss.com. Ah, the search for identity. You know, from the time that you're Uh, You can recollect things. You're always wondering about who you are. You're trying to find yourself. People go on long distance trips to quote unquote find themselves. You want to know, you know, what about me? Where do I fit? What's unique about me? What's special about me? And how do I fit into this world and that sort of thing? So the search for identity is something that we all go through as people. And when you lose your sight, it can really challenge you because you're not really sure if the identity that you've always had will remain intact, if if you, the things that you've always done you'll continue to do, if the job that you have will remain, if the, the roles that you play will be the same or not. Identity can really be a difficult topic after you lose your sight. I've seen people post on Facebook and other places how they wonder if their value is the same, how they wonder if they're still going to be the person they've always been now that they are visually impaired, now that they've lost their sight. And so I have three questions that I want you to ask yourself today after visual impairment. And if you're a sighted supporter, you can definitely do this as well. But three questions are very simple, but they're very profound as you go through them. So I'm going to give those to you. Three questions to help you, quote, find your identity. Now, before I begin, I just want to clear something up. Our identity is not based on our visual impairment. We are not defined by visual impairment. And I know some people say, well, if you say that, you just don't understand because it's my whole life or whatever. And I get that. Trust me, I understand. I've been visually impaired quite a while now. I get it. But the thing about it is, when you were sighted, if you've lost your sight, especially recently, when you were sighted, you didn't define yourself as a sighted person. You weren't like, well, I'm only a sighted person. That's all I am. And so why would you define yourself now by your visual acuity? You wouldn't. Nobody would define themselves by their impairment. And so I want you to know that as we go through this, none of the answers to these questions are visual impairment or blindness or being a blind person. Look, I call myself a VIP, a visually impaired person all the time, and it's you know kind of fun and tongue-in-cheek and so forth, but I'm a person who happens to be visually impaired. I'm a something who happens to be visually impaired. And so I just want you to understand that visual impairment is not your definition and visual impairment is not your identity. All right, that's cleared up. Let's jump into the questions. All right, the first question is, whose am I? And so this is a question of belonging. Where do I belong? Where do I fit? From the time that you are a young child, you're asking this question. Where do I fit in? What group do I belong to? You know, where do I serve 
uh, a great purpose. Obviously, this starts in your family, you know, whether you're the oldest, the middle, the youngest, whether you're mom, the dad, you know, all those sort of things. You have a family unit that you belong to, and you'll always belong to that family unit. You know, I mean, I guess unless you have a huge falling out. Other than that, you know, you belong to that family unit. Your parents love you unconditionally, at least that's the hope, and that's the way it's supposed to work. Your parents love you unconditionally, and and if you mess up or if you do great, whatever it is, you're going to belong to that family unit. As you get older, it starts to be in your peer groups, and you belong to that peer group. You serve a purpose in that peer group. Nobody else can be that person that you are in that group. And then as you get a little older, you start to develop hobbies and likes and dislikes and things like that, and you start to connect with people and belong in a certain place. And the idea of belonging is very, very important because when you belong somewhere, you feel safe, you feel secure, you feel like you have a place to be, you can always go to that place. You know, it's kind of that cheers line. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. You know, everybody knows who you are. They don't have to go into a a great diatribe about who you are every single time you meet, that sort of thing. You belong in this place with these people. So the first question you need to answer is, whose am I? Who do I belong to? Where do I belong? Where do I fit in? That's important to ask and important to answer first because you may have some struggles internally with family, with friends, with belonging, with not fitting in, that sort of thing. And we all have struggle with that, I think, from time to time. But you got to start with that question. Whose am I? The second question is, who am I? Now, this is the question of identity. This is who you are at your core, sort of who were you created to be. And whatever your belief is about, you know, spirituality or whatever, that's not really important. The important part is here, who at your core are you? Now, a good way to answer this is maybe try to think of one or two words that really describe you. Maybe one sentence. Keep it very short. You don't want to go on a great thing. Because if somebody comes up to you at a party, what do they usually ask? They usually ask, what do you do? But you see, what we often overlook is we have to answer this question first. Who am I at my core? You know, who am I? Am I a person who uh, does this or does that? Well, oftentimes when we think of that does, we're thinking of jobs and careers and what we do. And that's coming, but we have to start with this. So for me, for example, I could use the word connector. I connect people. Maybe connect people with the emotions that they're feeling. Maybe connect people with other people, uh, with relationships, that sort of thing. I'm a connector. And so that is who I am. Now, is that my definition in the sense that I'm nothing else? No, I'm, I'm lots of other things. You know, as, as I'm a Star Wars fan. I'm a husband and a father. I'm all these sort of things. But if you think down to your core, you weren't always maybe a husband or a father. You weren't always, you know, this sort of thing. What were you at your core from the beginning? And you think back to maybe like, what is your childhood passions, that sort of thing? What did you do? And I've got a great quote at the end of this uh, podcast that you got to listen to. So stick around all the way to the end. But you got to ask yourself who you are. Now, this can seem somewhat vague at times because you're like, well, what do you mean? Because I don't know, I've, I've worked at a job for 27 years and I think that's who I am. Well, that's not who you are because you may lose your job tomorrow and then you have to determine who you are. So you need to ask first belonging and second identity. Who am I? So far, we've got two questions out of the way. Whose am I and who am I? But I'm going to give you the third question, which I think most people will probably struggle with probably the most in their lives. And we're going to talk about that. So stick around. We'll be right back right after this.
Hey guys, so many people have sponsors on their podcast. Why? Because they want to keep making the podcast and it's totally free to you. And sometimes it's a little challenging to come up with the money each month to produce the podcast. There's hosting and media hosting and all kinds of other stuff. Well, here's the thing. I've got a special deal with Audible. Now, lots of podcasts have this deal with Audible. So it's not like I'm some amazing, unique creature who one of five people has a deal with Audible. But because you listen to the podcast, you can get a free 30-day trial and a free audio book with Audible if you just go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash Audible and sign up through that link. And when you sign up through that link, you're going to help out the podcast because I get benefits from that financially. Now, look, I'm just being upfront and honest with you guys because I think that's the most important thing. I'm not trying to gimmick you you know, here or anything like that and say, oh, it's going to be amazing. Look, you're going to get 30 days totally free to try it out and you're going to get a free audio book. And who better to give an audiobook to than a person who's visually impaired and especially a person who just lost their sight because you're wondering, how am I going to do things? Well, one thing you can definitely do is check out an audiobook. They have sci-fi, they have um, nonfiction, they have all kinds of great stuff, biographies. I really like biographies myself, but maybe you like something they've got like, I don't know, 180,000 books that you can check out right now. So just go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash audible and sign up for that 30-day free trial. Get your free audiobook, help out the podcast, and uh, let's keep doing this together. Lifeaftersightloss.com slash audible. So we continue our discussion, finding identity after sight loss. Just to recap, first of all, we've asked, whose am I or where do I belong? Where do I fit in this world? Secondly, we've asked, who am I? What's sort of my identity at my core? What's one or two words that would describe me, whether I had this job, that job, or whatever else I may have? Now, the third question is probably the one that many people struggle with the most, and that is, What do I do? This is the question of purpose. Everybody wants to know what their purpose is in life, you know, and and how do I figure it out and and what do I do with my life? And most people will start with this question because they want to know what they're supposed to do in life. And unfortunately, they start here when they should have started at the beginning with belonging, then identity, then purpose. Because listen to me carefully. Purpose does not create identity. Identity creates purpose. Who you are at your core is how you will respond to this question. Purpose is the expression of your identity. So whether you're working at Starbucks and McDonald's, whether you're working at a factory, whether you're a doctor or a lawyer, whether you are making podcasts and videos on the internet, whatever you're doing, your purpose will come from your identity. Now, look, you might say, look, I work at McDonald's and I flip burgers and I help people get French fries or whatever, and I don't think I'm serving a great and grand purpose at that place. Well, here's the thing. If you start with the question of purpose, then maybe you'll say, wow, I'm not serving a great purpose at all. What's my purpose in life? To help people get cheeseburgers and french fries? Like, is that my purpose? Well, you have to jump back to belonging, then to identity, then to purpose. Because if your identity is known, you're not wondering if McDonald's is your purpose. You're not wondering if flipping burgers is your purpose. You will then start to live out your purpose in the context of wherever you are. So in my case, like I said earlier, my identity, that core word I can think is connector. So if I'm working at McDonald's flipping burgers and and you know giving people french fries, 
Maybe I'm connecting them with their food. Sure, you can say that. But I'm also maybe connecting my coworkers with understanding and help. Maybe I'm connecting people with good customer service and I'm helping them connect to having a better day. Whatever the case is, I'm starting to live out my identity and my purpose then becomes based on that not based on whatever I think it is apart from my identity. Now, that's a lot of rambling on, and I hope that makes sense. And let me just clarify, if you're working at McDonald's, I'm not saying that you're a terrible person and you have no purpose. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that McDonald's may not be your purpose, but working at McDonald's doesn't mean you can't fulfill your purpose. That's what I'm saying. And so I hope that that makes sense and you understand that because so many people struggle with the idea that they have no purpose and you do have purpose. You just need to find out that identity first. So now let's bring it back around to sight loss. Whenever somebody loses their sight, so often they wonder, they question, is my purpose gone? Is my identity stolen? And do I fit in where I always have? And the easy answer, first of all, is yes. Yes, you do fit in where you always have. Yes, you do still have identity. Yes, you do still have purpose because of who you are. Now, your your what you do might change. If you had a job that is very sight intensive, like driving a truck, you're not going to drive that truck any longer. But your purpose for your life will not change. You just may do it a little bit differently. You may have a different job. You may have a different fulfillment of that identity, whatever the case is. But your purpose hasn't changed. For example, if you are a mother or a father, if you're a parent, then your purpose, or at least part of your purpose in life, is to parent those children to the best of your ability to help them grow, to raise, to be successful members of society, to be kind, caring, supportive, and and responsible, and all those other sort of things. Well, your purpose as a parent has not changed. You might have to do things a little differently. You might have to attempt things a little differently, whatever the case is, but your purpose hasn't changed because your identity, part of your identity, not all of it, but part of it, is to be a parent. And then to carry that identity out, your purpose is to help your kids grow and mature the best way that they can. So many people I know have asked those questions, wow, I have no value to offer my family anymore. Well, ask yourself the first question, Do you belong in that family? Are you a part of that family still? And the answer is probably, yeah, I totally am. Has your sight loss kicked you out of that family now? Like, can that family not have a blind person anymore? No. Okay, well, then you still belong in that family. Second question, has your identity changed? Like, has sight loss stripped you of identity? No, I'm still this at my core. Okay, great. So the first two things haven't changed. So the third one, that whole purpose, that whole what do I do, that might change a little. Now, obviously, with parenting, it's going to change in the sense that you might do things differently, but you're still going to parent. In your job, you might have a different job. You might keep the same job. Who knows? But if those first two haven't changed, that third one shouldn't give you as much issue because you're still who you are and you still belong where you always have. Don't let that third one trip you up and say, wow, I can't have this job anymore. I'm never going to be the same. Or I can't parent the way I always have. I can't drive my kids around. I I can't take them to matches or I can't go to their events and express or entertain them like I always have or experience things like I always have. And so now I have no purpose as a parent. Not true. You belong in that family. You have a place. You have an identity because you're the only one who can do that. And you 
have a purpose because of who you are, not because of what you do. So I encourage you that if you're going through this questioning in your mind, through this sight loss issue that we often struggle with, please ask yourself these three questions. Whose am I? Who am I? And what do I do? What is my belonging, my identity, and my purpose in my family, and my friends, at my job, in my life? Who's who and what? As always, guys, I want to end today's podcast with my real-life retweet. This is a quote, a tweet, something I've seen that applies to today's podcast and gives you something to think about as you go away from today's episode. So today's comes from a guy named A.R. Ammons. This person was a poet. And so this was the quote, and I think it's really appropriate for today's podcast. And it says this, quote, You have your identity when you find out not what you can keep your mind on, but what you can't keep your mind off, end quote. Again, I'm going to give that to you one more time because I think it's really profound. It says, quote, you have your identity when you find out not what you can keep your mind on, but what you can't keep your mind off, end quote. So many times we think that if we're focused on something, that's what we want to do. But it's kind of what your mind always goes back to, whether you're trying to focus on it or not. I think that is part of your purpose and your identity. So think about it. Think about the things that you always return to, regardless of your situation, regardless of what's going on in your life, the things you always go back to. That's part of your identity, part of your purpose. That will help you answer those questions. Not what you can keep your mind on but what you can't keep your mind off. Now, I've covered a lot of stuff in today's episode, and it was chock full of information. You might have to go back and listen to it two or three times to get it all, but I want to let you know that if you have any questions about this topic, maybe you've gone through this struggle, maybe you're going through it now, you and a family member, whatever, I would love to help you walk through it. So let me know if you have any questions, any comments, whatever the case is. Again, you can find me Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, email, whatever. Just go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash contact and let me know if you have any questions or follow-up from today's podcast. A lot of great information. You might just need a little help unpacking it. And remember, guys, if you haven't gotten the chance to subscribe to the podcast, I would love for you to do that. Just go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash podcast, and you can get all the links over there for Apple Podcasts, for Google Play, for Stitcher. You can subscribe in your favorite podcast catcher on your smartphone, on the computer, whatever the case is. I would love for you to subscribe because that way you won't miss another single episode. And the best way to support the podcast is to tell somebody about it. Share it on your Facebook, on your Twitter. Let somebody know that's a friend of yours that, hey, while you're struggling with this, I think this podcast would really help you out. So share it out. Let people know. Sure, you can do a rating and review on iTunes if you would be so kind, but make sure to share it. That way, lots of other people can know and you can help this podcast grow. And finally, guys, I want to remind you that you can find today's show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 010. Now, again, it's really important to hop on over to the show notes. Why? Because this week I'm doing another edition of After Hours. This time I'm going to walk you through all three of these questions in my own personal life. I'm going to answer them for myself, and that way you can have a real-world example of how to answer these questions in your own life. So make sure you hop on over to lifeaftersightloss.com slash 010. 
1-800-242-0010. Sign up and you can get instant access to this edition of After Hours plus every edition of After Hours before this episode and after this episode. So hop on over to the show notes, lifeaftersightloss.com slash 010 and sign up today. Well, that's going to wrap it up for me for another episode of Life After Sight Loss Radio. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to make it all the way to the end. I really, really appreciate it. And I want to let you know that you need to join me next week for the episode because I've got a good friend named Sam from YouTube is going to join me as we talk about interacting with the sighted community. So you won't want to miss it. Make sure to come on back next week for the next episode. And until next time, remember that sight loss isn't the end. It's just the beginning. My name is Derek Daniel from lifeaftersightloss.com and I'll see you in the next one. All the information on this podcast and on lifeaftersightloss.com is intended for educational and informational purposes only. If you're in need of medical, legal, or professional advice, please seek out a specialist in your area.